What's up, everybody? Greetings and salutations. Welcome, one and all, to the anime podcast of some sort. It's an anime podcast, more or less. That was the working title until we came up with anime podcast of some sort. I'm David Majors, my co-host of about a thousand years at this point. Uh, he, he doesn't look a day over 25. Jack D. Allister. What's up, Jackson? What? Hey. I'm drawing up a storm buried in a pile of ink and paint. Let's do this. I've been snorting markers all day, David. And I have done about eight podcasts in the last three days. I am high on Red Bull and pepperoni sticks, but we got one more, and that's the mothership of DeltaJulietMike.com, the anime podcast of some sort. And Jack, APOS listeners, we have a guest coming to us courtesy of S1E1, that's season one Episode 1, S1E1.com, Miss Jesse Silver. Jesse, thank you so much for joining us. Yay, thank you for having me. Uh, it is truly a pleasure and a privilege. Uh, we always welcome new friends and new guests on the podcast, and we, we can't wait. Uh, hopefully this, this is not as painful as you might have heard elsewhere. <laughs> uh, don't, don't worry. Um, we, don't mind the nakedness. Right. I, I mean, it's just part of the procedure. Uh, it just keeps Jack, everything sterile. She, she did sign the affidavit, so you know we're we're good. We're good. Yeah. Well, every, so, everybody's consenting. This is fine. You know, we're just three naked folks doing a podcast. That's it. That's how it goes. <laughs> as as we say, we're just having a conversation about Japanimation. But before we get into the cartoons, Jack, uh, I know you have some 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 sad news of sorts. Uh, I know you are our resident expert on all portable games. Uh, you had a story in here. We're going to start off with the issue of the PlayStation Vita and the Nintendo 3DS, uh, both systems that are unfortunately not long for this world. Uh, Jack, what's going on with these portable console systems? So, first of all, I just want to let everybody know that the PS Vita is still viable and I searched, this is what I did for y'all, APOS listeners. I cleaned my room to find my Vita to go back onto the cursed PlayStation Plus store and see what there was to offer for Vita games and such. And David, it was clear even before I had read this article on Kotaku that we're about to talk about that the Vita is very clearly on its last legs. Games are slashed in price, and you know it's not from the PlayStation Plus because they got rid of that about a hot year ago, didn't they, David? They and did. it's still the same price for the same service and less stuff. So, so, you know, Sony. The PS Vita is going to be discontinuing production of cartridges, so it'll all be digital. Uh, there is no definite date of when they're going to be off off of PlayStation Store. I'm seriously hoping it's gonna not going to be for a while because the Vita and, to a lesser extent, the 3DS, which I'll get into in a minute, are pretty decent platforms for some indie games. I, I, I'd like to say that maybe if you, if you can't make it on the Switch, maybe you have a chance on the PlayStation Store or Steam, you know, like, things like that. It's, it's like that to me when I look at it. And, um... Aside from that, there is a little bit of a lineup that has been listed for both of these systems. And 
for the 3DS, we've already seen one of those, and that was the the remake of a favorite game of mine, which I recommend to people, uh, Bowser's Inside Story, the third released uh, game in the Mario and Luigi series. Very excellent. Probably my favorite. You can play as Bowser. Haven't picked up this remake yet, so I do not have an opinion on it. I kind of don't want to just keep buying games over and over, but I don't have the copy of the original anymore, so it might be something I get. Um, alongside that, we have a couple more 2019 releases for the 3DS, Etrian Odyssey, Yokai Watch 3, and Kirby's Extra Epic Yarn. No clue if if that's going to be another remake of the Epic Yarn game or just a, another another game in the series, which would probably be better. Uh, and then on the Vita side of things, we have a Japanese-only re-release of the game Catherine, which I was a little bit sad about, uh, as, first of all, this is an excellent remake title, subtitle added to it. It's Catherine colon Full Body. So, <laughs> you know, it's going to be saucy, folks. But that's on Steam, so I'm not too broken up about that. But we also have Fate Extella Link, which is, I think that's a, yeah, that's a Fate say game. <laughs> I was not sure for a second. Um, limited Run Games, I'm not sure if anyone is familiar with them. They're uh, an independent uh, company who makes cartridges, physical releases for games. I actually had the good fortune to pick up their Skullgirls physical release when that was a thing, along with all the little goodies that came with. They're doing their thing. Not sure how long that's going to go, but, uh, you know, it just... It makes me awfully sad to see this kind of thing where 2019 might be the last year for both of these systems. Uh, do either of you have an opinion on this? I don't know. Jesse, do you own either of these consoles, a PlayStation Vita or a uh, 3DS? Um, I've never had a Vita, but I do have a 3DS. And um, to be honest, lately, it usually just comes out when I'm getting on a plane to go somewhere. So, um, you know, I right, am... Then Question for you then, Jesse. Let, let yeah. me ask you this. Uh, going forward with the Nintendo Switch, or, or maybe even uh, Nintendo's next system, or I'll even throw in uh, the PlayStation 5 when that comes out, what do you think it would take uh, to get, say, you? What kind of games do you like with portable systems like this? Uh, we know that there's a, a shift towards mobile gaming. Uh, the success level of that is depending on uh, how you see what mobile gaming is. What would you say? say would work for you for uh, portable systems uh, going forward with the, the next game console gen? What would you look for? Hmm. Well, I am definitely a Nintendo fangirl, so um, I find that... Another one of with, you. Uh, yeah. Another one. yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, we're a proud folk, uh, but um, so generally... What I like are the more traditional titles um, and things that I can get done with in two or three sittings. So um, just for example, um, the uh, Legend of Zelda Link Between Worlds. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. That, a, that uh, a harkening a, back to those playing the home game to Link to the Past, everybody's favorite, for reasons unknown to me, Zelda game. <laughs> So are you <laughs> Sorry, not, I just didn't see the appeal of Link to the Past. <laughs> well, I I'm like Link Between Worlds older, plenty. So I love it a lot. Yep. 
Um, oh, I, I love the original Zelda. Don't get me wrong. Like, mm-hmm. the original Zelda is fantastic. I, I just don't know about Link to the Past. But uh, Link Between Worlds, very excellent with mm-hmm. you there. Yeah, and that was a title that I was finished with in maybe two or three sittings. And I finished over a, you know, really? a vacation or a trip. Yeah. Holy cow. Like, yeah, what were these couple- play sessions going at? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, you see, when you're when you're in an airplane flying somewhere... There's not really that much else to do, so... That's true. That's true. I don't really have big chunks of time like that. And I think that might be, you know, the the play, the, the difference between the 3DS and the Vita. I feel like they really have been built for different things. They feel like maybe the Vita's a little bit on the uh, shorter pick-up-and-play side because there's a lot of fighting games, a lot of, you know, RPGs, that kind of thing. And then... Uh, you know, the 3DS has, I think it's got the longer battery between the two of them. And there's more there. I mean, there's way more RPG strategy games, stuff like that on there. Fire Emblem thrived on this system mm-hmm. alone. So uh, that doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, as far as 3DS versus Vita goes. Do you guys just, see, do you guys yeah. think that within the next couple of years, we'll see uh, another generation of portable consoles? Hmm. I'm thinking that the Switch is pretty much what they have Nintendo-wise. I don't think anything, unless they go for like the Switch Mini, which I'm thinking is a possibility, something like that. I really don't think Nintendo is going to be heavily focusing on that. And then um, according to a lot of articles I was looking into about this, there really doesn't seem to be any kind of plans or rumors or buzz or anything uh, involving portable gaming systems so it kind of sucks because the PSP as a product not just you know the PS Vita or the PSP itself but that kind of portable PlayStation console just kind of feels so iconic to me that they would just get rid of it and you know even if it did yeah, I, David and I like to joke that uh, the Vita owners are called the Council of Twelve because there's twelve of them in total <laughs> uh, but I really feel that uh, it seriously deserved a better chance there's a lot of games here for anime fans there were so many games god eater psychopaths uh that one insufferable anime with the titty ninjas you know there's tons of things for anybody disgaea the entire disgaea series and persona series are on here like this is a really good system and if they were going to move forward without thinking of that maybe you know there's certain oh these these anime fans that are going to play all these uh, hardcore Japanese import games, they're not going to go outside. They don't need a portable system, but I do because I drive for a living. I'm not uh, saying I, I plague while driving. Don't, uh, don't game and drive, folks. Uh, Jesse, uh, I think Jack made a lot of interesting points there, especially for, for anime fans. Uh, what mm-hmm. do you think Sony, uh, with all of those things that they mentioned with the Vita and maybe going forward, would that sell you on a PlayStation portable console? Yeah, I'm not sure the price would have to be right. I mean, that's always a consideration. That was always sure. a, something on my mind when... You know, I had the decision to make between what portables to get. So um, I guess I'd have to see it to believe it, but I don't know how viable it is. Um, like Jack said, you know, the the Switch is kind of this brand new hybrid thing. And um, 
you know, sort of bridges the gap between home console and portable console. So um, I don't, I, you know what? I don't really know what the future holds. Uh, but, I'm thinking yeah. about that too. Uh, and I'm thinking portable video game consoles have been around now for over 30 years. And the idea Jug of a world play. without them is kind of, it's kind of strange. It's very strange. I mean, I mean, we do have kind of integrated into the phone these days, but you know, for people like me who don't have the space for that kind of thing, it is nice to have something that is dedicated to that. I just want to let you know, speaking of the prices, right, Jesse, that I'm looking right now at several different options for used Vitas. Uh, they're clocking in just over a hundred. <laughs> you, I'm telling people right now, if you want a lot of good games for dirt cheap and a system for dirt cheap, you could probably walk out less than 200 with maybe like four or five games in tow. Hey, that's not bad. That's These not things bad were forty dollars at, at launch. Sometimes a little bit more, but never at the absurd sixty dollar range that Switch games are at, uh, or other um, you know current console games. Games, uh, they were usually staunchly around 40, maybe 50 if they were a little crazy. Maybe you got a little extra something with it. Now they're like 17, 15 bucks. I say go for it, people. Go hog wild. Uh, the whole Blaze Blue series is on there. Again, the entire uh, Persona series. You can catch a lot of the Guilty Gear series. Um, I'm also really particularly uh, in love with the Vita was home to a lot of remakes of vanilla where games tweeted about it earlier today, not to date the podcast, who cares? Uh, Odin sphere, the remake of Odin sphere, remake of Muramasa remake of dragon's crown all on here. Fantastic. Just, I don't know, folks, I take a look at the libraries of both of these systems. I know I'm heavily Jack, biased towards the Vita, but please. you have made an amazing case, not just for the Vita, but for portable gaming in general. And, and you continue this, and it is really amazing. I really mean that, because, uh, like I said, a, a world without portable video game consoles is one that seems very strange and new to me, and I'm not sure how I feel about it. But uh, I guess that is what the future holds. You and me uh, both, David. It's, it's a weird time thinking I might see these things alongside the GBA in a thrift store. Holy cow. Uh, speaking of thrift stores, uh, I received a gift from someone, friend of the show, Chelsea. Chelsea, thank you. You What's rock. Up, you rock so much. I hope to see you at AWA later this year because you're awesome. Uh, a lot of people out there know one of my favorite anime ever is Razafon, the 2001 mecha anime uh, put out by ADV Films, rest in peace. Uh, they put out a book of sorts called the Razafon Bible. And Chelsea uh, found this uh, guidebook of sorts that had artwork and exposition and story stuff, uh, all of these things to complement the Razafon anime. How about that, folks? A mecha anime that actually goes out of its way to explain things. <laughs> Say what? And Honestly. <laughs> again, th this was just a complimentary piece to my 
one of my three holy trinity of anime in Razafon. So I'll throw this one around the horn. First of all, again, Chelsea, thank you. You are amazing. You rock. Chelsea, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, Jesse, I'll throw this one to you. Uh, have you received a anime gift that was just utterly mind-blowing? And if you have, uh, t- tell me about it. Mind-blowing, huh? Um, or, or just really good. Well, so here's the thing. I almost never ask uh, friends of mine, family, uh, to get me anything anime-related because I'm always afraid they're going to get me the wrong thing. (laughs) (laughs) And you probably understand what I'm saying. They see an anime thing somewhere and they're like, oh, she likes anime, I'll get her this thing. So Nothing worse than getting Boku no Pico when you really just wanted to see that new hero anime everybody was talking about. Yeah. That I refused to call by that name that would result in the confusion. So the joke is kind of flat. But y'all know. Y'all know Jack has his principles. Anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt. (laughs) (laughs) It's all good. So anyway, I tend to buy myself pretty much all of the anime presents that I want. So um, when I'm trying to think of some of the most awesome things that I've gotten myself recently, um, I, would, <laughs> I would have to say um, the Devilman Crybaby Japanese Blu-ray release um, yes. was, was some special present that I got for myself, pre-ordered it and everything off of Amazon Japan, which was going way out of the way for me. Um but I love the show. Um, I love the director. Um, it The set came with all sorts of really awesome stuff that you'd expect from Japanese releases. Um, art English books. subs? English subs? Um, I haven't actually put it in the Blu-ray player yet to check. It doesn't really <laughs> matter to me, though. I just wanted to have it. I mean, most of them tend to do because yeah, uh, English is pretty can... widespread in, J- in Japan, anyhow. Well, and, and they know about a, the import situation. Right. And it was a, a Netflix release. And those tests yes. have all of the, the subtitles and everything for the various languages. But can't speak to that specifically. Um, I've been afraid to touch it too much because it's so nice. Um, you know, it's definitely a collector's item. So um, definitely wouldn't ask anyone to spend the $250 or whatever it was on me. But. I felt good enough to spend it on myself. So, um, so yeah. along those lines, then my question is, uh, do you own anything that you treasure? Like the, the Rastafon Bible, like, are there any art of books, perhaps the devil man book that you mentioned, uh, that was included, anything like that, uh, seem to be particularly valuable to your anime fandom collection? Well, so I'll tell you a little story. Um, Ooh, so, story time. I know. You like stories so, here. <laughs> several years ago, I went on a short vacation to Los Angeles um, because I have a friend there who um, he does actually tours to Japan, but um, we were just going to visit him. And he brought us to a book off, which I'm insanely jealous of any city that has a book off. If you're not familiar with it, it is um, a Japanese used bookstore chain. And there are a lot of um, 
places in the States that have a high um, population of Japanese people, they'll often have this used bookstore, and it is awesome. It's used manga, used, like, CDs, um, art books, regular books. And when I was there, um, I found the one volume of um, Kino's Journey, uh, the light novel that was released in the United States. And so that is something that I will always treasure because... Um, at least at the time, it was going for really expensive, and I think it's probably rare enough now that it's gone even higher in price. Oh, um, yes, I, it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I'm never letting that thing out of my sight. Uh, that's my baby. Uh, Good no for one you. Touch it. That, that, that <laughs> is one that, that I looked at, too, so good for, good for you. For, yeah, and for I got it for like that. $3, so it was, it was the find of a life. Holy cow. <laughs> That is really, that is absurd. I was lucky. It was like the, the anime gods were smiling down <laughs> on me that day. <laughs> the, man, bookstore finds like that are just, those are the points in life that are almost the most fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Man, Jack, how about you? What, what have you come across? Or, or oh, what have man. you been given? Well, um. Also, I don't tend to get too many anime-related gifts because everybody is very certain that I'm very particular about it. Um, but I once – this here's a little funny story before I get into something I do treasure. Uh, I once gifted my brother the first season of One Piece because I thought, well, he really loves the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, so maybe he can have some good taste if I show him something pirate-related. <laughs> and uh, – I'm sorry about that hot take. I'm really sorry. <laughs> uh, like, look, I'm usually not sorry, but I know. I know people. And it's fine. It's fine. But, I mean, one piece. And uh, I just remember coming across it when I was cleaning uh, to find this Vita. In fact, it comes full circle. So, uh, <laughs> I it was unopened, too. So, that just makes me extremely sad that you know he didn't see the value in it and it isn't even like the first season of one piece is dauntingly long it's just a regular funimation set of four discs it's fine it's just whatever it just kind of i thought i would mention that since we were talking about anime gifts and it's just kind of a you know that's like a sad hemingway story in the modern era just baby shoes never worn one piece season one never opened (laughs) You should have found a way to get him the four kids version, Jack. That's <laughs> maybe, maybe that's the way I show him the first thing and then uh, and then finally sag him into the, the decent dub. But as far as art of books and fancy collector sets and things like that go, I've got a couple of old collector sets of, of uh, seasons like I've got Witch Hunter Robin here. I've got a couple of old copies of Ronma one half thank you rasputin you are a fantastic uh used cd and dvd store even if you put the anime next to the porn and snuff films it's very weird that you do that but i'll go anywhere this store in 1997 (laughs) basically it looks exactly like that too and you can find stuff from 1997 in pristine condition which is why i have them Uh, i've got the dark stalkers art of set uh which is just ah Oh, God. If, if I could say anything, anime art, it's shifted, it's changed. I don't think anything is really 
being as unique to me anyway as the character design of Darkstalkers. It's just, oh, it's mwah, mwah. I love it. It's got a beautiful dust cover, some really nice stuff surrounding it. I just, I love me some art books, but I think my favorite's got to be the Darkstalkers one. Oh, I actually do have a fun little sort of highlights magazine kind of thing from Japan for a Professor Layton game. I'm not sure which one it is. I want to say it's the third one, but y'all know who listen if you've been uh, listening for a while that I, I like me some Professor Layton and it's cute. It's got little bits and bobs about the characters in it in Japanese and a couple little question marks and text boxes that I'm sure have some kind of riddle or puzzle in them, but it's really nice to have, even if I can't read it. Maybe one day I will be able to. That is the real puzzle. Good one. Uh, well, since we're on the topic of things not costing as much when we find them, uh, we had a little story here from you, Jesse, uh, from hum- Humble Bundle, uh, I believe. So, uh, what was going on here with Humble Bundle? Humble yes um so i'm sure a lot of you are familiar with humble bundle um you know bundles of awesome old games and some not so old games um proud sponsors of agdq are they now <laughs> i believe so uh they've sponsored several of the events of awesome games done quick and being frequent high donators so they do some good stuff Awesome. Excellent. So, um, I subscribed to them, uh, but actually a friend of mine turned me on to this. I didn't, for, for whatever reason, I didn't realize that they were also in the business of bundling up, um, awesome digital books and stuff like that. But a friend of mine linked me to, um, a bundle they're offering right now. Um, and hopefully people are listening to this within the next day or so because it's about to go away, but, um, they have a, (laughs) it's a little bit of a timely thing here, but, um, they are offering this awesome, uh, Kodansha, um, fantasy manga bundle right now. Um, it's 88, um, DRM free manga. Um, and if you pay $20 or more, you get all of those. Um, and that deal is going until, um, the middle of the day, like noon on uh, February 13th. So they've got tons of awesome titles in there. Um, the first uh, three or four volumes of Cells at Work, which is an anime that I really liked. And Aha. So we check- like Cells at Work here. Yes. One of my favorites last year. Uh, Flying Have Witch. You been- um, Sorry, uh, I just wanted to know, are you catching up at all with the uh, the cellular biologist's notes on Reddit, uh, episode by episode? Because I, I just recently not. caught had, up on those. Oh, I had no idea about that. I'll have to go check it out. It's very interesting and very, very informative. And uh, I think that I, I think it's a guy. I'm pretty sure I'm not. I don't mm-hmm. want to make assumptions, but I, I believe that he mentioned he was a guy. It just has some really interesting notes and uh, it's very, very good, entertaining writing style. So you don't feel like you're learning. <laughs> It's oh, just like the anime. <laughs> is that on r slash anime? Uh, it, it might be, or, or maybe specifically for cells at work. But if you look up uh, like a cellular biologist uh, cells at work, you'll probably find it. Okay. Awesome. Fact, I'll look for you while you tell us about the other anime, <laughs> so I won't <laughs> keep interrupting. <laughs> no, that's fine. Uh, Flying Witch, um, the first four volumes of that. Um, that's another title that I really like more of a... An, 
Yashike healing title. So if you like really chill stuff, um, that's definitely a good one. Uh, Land of the Lustrous, first five volumes. I think all ten volumes of Mushishi, which is an absolute classic. So oh, yes. Um, definitely check that one out. There's a ton oh, more. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's just... Um, a ton of titles, a lot of them I'm familiar with. Uh, Fire Force, which I know is getting an anime soon. Um, there's nine volumes of that. So, yeah, um, definitely um, anyone who's interested can go check it out on the Humble Bundle website. Um, oh, yeah, they're also, this is very timely, too. They're, they have the first three volumes of Battle Angel Alita um, in this package also. So uh, watch the film and read the manga. But yeah, definitely oh, a lot fantastic. of things, yeah, a lot of stuff to be yes. excited about in there, and it's all looks like you can download it in a, a few different file formats, so PDF and EPUB and CBZ. So, so yeah, it's a, a great deal. It, I did it not sounds know great. that. I did not know that they were uh, bundling manga either. That's fantastic to hear. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely going to be keeping a closer eye on on the, the website for more deals like this. And I will make sure to put this in the show notes because we'll I'll turn this around pretty quickly. So it'll it'll be out for people to catch on to. Great, I uh, hope so. Something else for people to catch on to or might be already catching on to. Guys, this upcoming theatrical release for the live action adaptation of Battle Angel Alita regular listeners of the podcast know that Jack and I have been talking about this forever. And Jack, oh, yeah. th- there is something that I have been noticing that is very, very fascinating. What I have it? yet, I have yet to see a single negative review for battle angel Alita. Not one. Oh, ho, ho. David, this, this is nothing like Ghost in the Shell. Uh, it is certainly nothing like Avatar The Last Airbender, and it show as hell ain't nothing like Dragon Ball Evolution. <laughs> Does this mean in the year of our base god 2019, we have a, a, a good anime movie? Nani? I, I know, I know, it sounds crazy. Jesse, uh, uh, like I said, whether it was Zach Birchie from ANN, uh, other film reviewers, uh, I've seen so far uh, Robert Re- Robert Rodriguez and James Cameron, uh, they, they might have pulled this off. Uh, are, are you interested in seeing Alita? D- do you think it might be good? You know, I wasn't interested in seeing it because of the just terrible live action adaptations that we've gotten in the past, but understandable, very valid, (laughs) but yeah, um, I haven't, you know, I haven't read a lot of formal reviews of it, but, um, so many people I know on Twitter are like, Hey, it was actually pretty good. So I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. I'll say, Um, And definitely a lot more interested than I was back years and years ago when uh, the James, when James Cameron first Uh announced that he got the rights, however many years, ancient times ago that he announced before Avatar people for folks out there. This was before Avatar. I thought it was M. Night 
who did last year, but James Cameron just did Pocahontas in space. <laughs> same thing. Same thing. Fern uh, Gully in or space. Dances with Wolves. Fern Gully was- in space, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, I, it, it really the, the is trailers, something that the trailers, yeah, the trailers look great too. The trailers are really good. I'm, I'm I mean, really intrigued. I'm intrigued, and, and just from the fact that not just movie reviewers, but anime fans, anime fans who are always very discerning when it comes to adaptations of any kind, uh, theatrical, television, Netflix, whatever, they are saying that this at the very least, is a faithful adaptation and does and is not trash. So I feel like I feel like I'm I'm excited for it. I'm a little bit hyped for it. I have a really good friend of mine, my friend Stacy, who loves Battle Angel Alita, and she is just going wild over this. Uh, I tweeted a photo uh, earlier this week of a can of Arizona tea that I found in the store that had Alita and the logo on it. So this is really, this is, this is much bigger than other anime adaptations and it's getting harder and harder to contain my excitement. Uh, Jesse, I feel like this could be a turning point as to finding out what an anime adaptation would need. I think, I, I think that, for the longest time, uh, these just haven't worked. But maybe, Jesse, I'll, I'll ask you, maybe this could be a template. What do you think? I think that uh, could definitely be the case. I think a lot of issues with past adaptations is that they've been adapted by people who just, quote unquote, don't get it. Like they don't sort of understand the spirit of what makes anime interesting to anime fans. And, you know, I don't have a you know, some special insight into what James Cameron is thinking, but I do know that he said he was a fan of the property. So um, even though he's just producer on this one, I feel like, you know, just sort of being a fan oneself, um, maybe the component that's needed to make these um, adaptations better more palatable to us as anime fans i'm not sure if you guys disagree with that or agree with that but um i do agree that i get i do agree Uh, i do agree that there needs to be someone at the head of properties like this that understands that the original source material matters and uh, i'm inclined to agree I know I'm in the minority when I feel that, for the most part, the live-action Ghost in the Shell pretty much got it right, more or less. But I think that what I'm seeing from Alita, it has much, much more positivity behind it. There seems to be a lot much more respect for the source material. So I think that is that's something that holds a lot of regard. Plus... The director, Robert Rodriguez, he understands genre films better than most people out there. He understands action. He understands sci-fi. He understands this world uh, that we call genre films. So I think James Cameron made a great choice as a director, too, Jack. Uh, 
I'm I'm feeling like this is going to be very exciting to see. I need to catch up on Battle Angel Alita, but uh, I don't have an excuse because every bookstore in the world is now touting that stuff because they know. They know. And so that means that you can go in, you can catch up on the source material, listeners, and I would really very much like to see this be a success. My only thing, David, is I regrettably have a little bit of a uh, I don't know exactly what to call it I'm hesitant on some level for this uh, I want this to be successful I want this to be good but I don't want people going forward you said template and when you said that it scared me because I know I know that you didn't mean it in oh this should be this should just be the way that people handle the material it's not a matter of oh this is how every movie needs to be made uh, we haven't even seen it yet, so we don't even know how it, it is, has been made. But um, my point is, I'm concerned that if this becomes massively successful, the only kind of anime that people will be searching for, that they'll have interest in looking onward at, will be the kind of Ghost in the Shell, uh, Alita, you know, sci-fi situation and we get back into a cycle of this is all anime appears to be to lack of a better term normies so i would like to see moving forward that this do really well and i'd like people to open their minds a little bit more on how the medium of anime contains massive amounts of genres and stories and different kinds of plots to tell. And I'd like to maybe, maybe see people draw inspiration from that. But I don't know if I'd want a whole slew of anime remade movies in Hollywood. I'm not sure how I'd feel about that. So I want this to be successful, but I want it to be successful in its own way. I don't Jesse. want it to dictate success. <laughs> Jesse, I'm going to put you on the spot here since we've oh, seen no. <laughs> enough anime adaptations. If there was a property out there that you think uh, would have a good director, a good producer, a good script, and, and the right budget behind it, what anime adaptation into live action would you like to see, Jesse? Oh, man, that's tough. <laughs> <laughs> You really did put me on the spot. Mm. Um, as far as anime, I don't know if I can come up with something right off the top of my head. Um, but um, thinking about manga. Or even as a series. A series. A series? Whether um, it's uh, a TV series or, or a, a movie. Uh, if there is an anime or a manga that you think could be adapted Hollywood style. Hollywood style. Ooh, man, I don't know. <laughs> um, well, okay, I'll say this. One of my favorite manga authors is Junji Ito. Uh -huh. And I feel that none of his manga um, has been adapted in any sort of other form that's captured the appeal that it has for me. So if... Um, you know, if someone with a good, um, direct story, directorial style for horror, um, could be put in charge of, uh, an anthology series, 
um, like a live action anthology series of some of his manga. I would really love that. I was not impressed by the Junji Ito um, anime anthology series. So, um, what I don't did you know. feel about the the film adaptation of Gyo? If you saw that at all, um, I did see part of it and I turned it off because I did. It's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> It was. I have to say, it's better to watch it with somebody and maybe yeah. with a hand. <laughs> I, I I definitely agree with that. I think one thing I love about um, his stories are just kind of the shuddering, like body horror squirmingness, and especially that one. And Indeed. I just thought that the the OVA or whatever it was adaptation was just sort of silly. Like it got the tone completely wrong. So it, it really does. I have to say, it's a shame that you must have turned it off uh, before anything really ridiculous happened. Because when they get into the full body horror, I won't spoil particularly what happens. But um, you know, when they start to emit the gas out of the <laughs> completed creature, uh, it just it just looks like a fart in color. It just looks like they're farting, just ripping ass. Oh, <laughs> it's bro. fantastically hilarious. We were just watching this, like, it, w- I know what's happening for real, but, like, it just looks like he's farting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if someone could capture the feel of some of those, like, awesome, disgusting stories, I would love that. Like, get Guillermo del Toro on it or something like that. Guillermo del Toro, or if you want to do do the anthology style again. I have a good feeling about that uh, Jordan Peele hosted uh, Twilight Zone. Oh, you know, absolutely. Maybe he could yeah. I'm also very much looking forward to us. I'm just going to say it right now. I'm I'm here for Jordan Peele's horror. He's doing an excellent job. Yeah, he is. Definitely, yeah. He's uh, scaring me. <laughs> I've been delivering people's pizza to houses that seriously look like the manor in Get Out, and it's not cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. God! <laughs> yeah, yeah. There are deer, people. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jack, uh, real quick for you, if you had to think of something to be adapted, what would it be? Oh man, you know, I'd really like to see somebody's kind of John Hughesy take on a on like a magical girl. Because here's the thing: I think we've got plenty of shonen type stories in Hollywood right now, but I'd really like to see you know, somebody take that kind of awkward pop music-y style and put it to something like Cutie Honey. Heck, even David, you know what? That might be the thing that gets me to watch Madoka Magica again. I mean, I need to give it another fair shake because, you know, I think I can get past the artistic style at this point. But I think, you You know, know, if you want to do something Madoka style, that could be the way. You know, I could honestly see a magical girl show in the vein of Madoka Magica. That's something a little bit more on the darker side, not necessarily an adaptation, but something like that as a Netflix series as like a 12 or 13 Netflix series. I could see that. I just realized that does exist. It's called Sabrina, the chilling tales. Oh, well, (laughs) never mind. Never mind. We just shot ourselves in the foot, ladies and gentlemen. But I, I, I mean it when I say, like, I'd love to see somebody take that kind of Ferris Bueller's Day Off approach to a shonen style 
story or a magical girl story and that when it starts to get to the really serious part like oh Usagi's friends are all dead oh my god what's going on by the way that doesn't mean you should adapt Sailor Moon please never do that because you'll never get it right ever 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 for anyone ever forever I mean it but you know as an example oh all my friends are dead Usagi you gotta keep fighting and then you know the, the, the shift in tone becomes that fantastic sprawling peter jackson kind of adventure you know like like please 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 that's what's interesting about anime especially with those kinds of adventures is the juxtaposition of i don't know i don't know what i'm trying to say maybe all i really want is a movie of vobobo you know what that's what i want i want quentin tarantino to do (laughs) vobobo Yes. Or maybe not. Okay or that. maybe the Wayans brothers. I'm okay with that. <laughs> you know, too. if I could get like a "Don't Be a Menace to South" <laughs> like version of Boba Bo. That's perfect. That's perfect. God, I'm just gonna cheat go. and say psychopaths. That is. I'm just cheating. gonna cheat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna. We'll make that one real easy so we can move on to the last story. Uh, Jesse, you mentioned Devilman Crybaby earlier. So we have something new from its director, Masaki Yuasa. So what's going on? Yeah, so I am a um, super duper Yuasa fangirl and have been for probably 10 plus years. Um, So anytime I hear news about his next project, I am all ears. So... Um, I happened to see a little news blurb on uh, Science Saru's uh, Twitter account the other day. Um, and Yuasa is going to be kind of going back to his roots a little bit. Um, he did a lot of um, work earlier on with the Shinchan uh, franchise, but he is coming back. Um, he's going to be directing a new show kind of in that universe called um, Super Shiro. Um, and it is actually about the family dog. So apparently uh, Shiro the dog has a, a whole other life that he's living and he's a superhero and uh, saves the world. So um, I am admittedly not a huge fan of Shin-chan. Um, my only experience with it is really the, the I think, Funimation reversioning of it, um, the, the humorous dub. Um, which was entertaining enough, but not really my style. But I am super interested in this because uh, Yuasa is my man. I love him forever. I think everything he touches turns to gold. And so, um, you know, I'm I'm super looking forward to this. Um, I hope it's so, something that... Yeah, go ahead. Let me throw one out here at you, Jesse. And Jack, you can answer this one too. Uh, because Indeed. over here stateside... There was an animated series, courtesy of the DC Animated Universe, uh, that ran uh, in 2005. And you mentioning this, Super Shiro, reminded me, are you familiar with Crypto the Superdog? That was what I was thinking of. That and a little a a, a spin off a spin off Disney Adventures comic known as the Jetpack Pets, which had a similar kind of premise again with superhero pets. This is exactly what I was thinking of. Thank you, thank you for saying the thing. Jack, I feel like after all this time, we we definitely have some kind of podcast symbiosis at this point. Uh, there is a Vulcan mind meld at stake here. 
uh, for the folks at home, uh, Crypto the Superdog uh, was <laughs> Superman's dog, pretty much. Uh, and also there was Ace the Bat Hound. Uh, he who, was friends was... with Ace the Bat Hound. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ace the Bat Hound. Super League. You all occasionally saw in Batman the Animated Series and later on in Batman Beyond. And this was Crypto going on all sorts of adventures. And I gotta tell you, Crypto the Superdog was fun. And as someone who, don't at me, isn't exactly the biggest fan of Shinshan, uh, this might sell me on on that whole world, Super Shido. Uh, Jesse, uh, knowing what I know about Crypto the Superdog, uh, h- how are you feeling about the idea of a a dog superhero series? Have you seen <laughs> Crypto the Superdog? <laughs> Crypto the Super have, Dog. Or... I have not seen Crypto, no. But okay. Uh, like I said, I'm sort of just down for whatever Uas is here to give me. Um, to give a little background, actually, I was not a fan of Devil Man uh, before Devil Man Crybaby, and I actually wasn't going to watch it. Yeah, I wasn't. I was like, oh man, I'm not interested in this at all. And then finally, just got pulled in and I'm like, you know what? I should have trusted the man to do what needed to be done with this property. I should have just had faith um, because he, he delivered. So, so I'm, I'm willing to just sit back and watch whatever he has going on pretty much at any time. I'm, I'm the same way with Chiaki Konaka. So I understand. Mm, Yes. So correct me if I'm wrong, but are we all kind of a on Shin-Chan? Yeah, I'm kind of. Is that yeah. what the consensus? Because, because yeah, don't get me wrong, I like the classicness of Shin Chan. I just kind of wish there were a little bit more t- to it. But you know, it's not really for me. I'm not sure who it's for, but it's for someone. But again, this seems interesting to me. I like superhero dogs. <laughs> Very clearly. By the way, I lost my shit at the mention of crypto. <laughs> uh, if if nothing else, fans. Uh, Ace the Bat Hound in Crypto the Superdog was voiced by the legendary Scott McNeil. So if if you're a fan of Scott McNeil and all of the voice acting he's done over, over the centuries, because he's been doing it forever, you can hear him as Ace the Bat Hound in Crypto the Superdog. And Super Shiro sounds interesting because it would probably be like a a companion piece. Like I could see this and Cheese Sweet Home being two series that would go really well together uh, as like a a companion piece for one another. You'd have the the show about the kitty, and then you'd have the show about the puppy, and they'd go really well together. So I I could definitely see this. I'm interested. I like it, and it sounds like Crypto the Super Dog. So this sounds Indeed. really cool. And uh, if if uh, Ace the Bat Hound, Scott McNeil isn't enough to get you on board, at least look up the theme song, because the theme song is, as the kids would say, a bop and a jam. It is rockin'. It's, it's like a rock ballad. I'm tempted to sing it, but not but right now. But we have a guest. We have a guest, Jack. We, we, we <laughs> I don't want to scare and... I can't <laughs> right. scare her off yet. Right. Uh, so... It's a great feeling when there is a director that you really love 
working on a property that is new and different. I, I mentioned Chiaki Kanaka. He, he, for me, he did Technolize, he did Razafon, he did Serial Experiments Lane, he was uh, involved in Big O, and when I see someone that I love doing something like out of nowhere, say, Parasite Dolls, that catches my attention. It was like, whoa, okay. And and it, it sometimes just works out. Now, Jack, I'll ask you, uh, since uh, Jesse and I both mentioned directors, uh, is there anyone, anime-wise, game-wise, that you have that you feel like is someone that always hits the right mark for you? Uh Oh man, my answer is kind of unfortunate, but um, I just always have appreciated the work of Satoshi Kon. Just always, Perfect Blue is Great something choice. that I watch every year because I need to. I absolutely have to. It's part of my DNA at this point. Um, you know, you know how I feel about Paprika. You know, to me, indeed. that's a masterpiece. It, absolutely, and Paprika is something I I struggle so deeply with like comparing myself to other people but I know for certain that no matter how successful I will ever view myself I don't know if I'll ever be able to reach into the bone shakingly nostalgic kind of I've been in this kind of place before but I don't know what I'm doing here kind of feeling that Satoshi Kon can really capture in these movies, especially in Paprika itself that kind of I've been here before have I dreamed it or whatever. Um, aside from that, I really love Studio Bone. I know that's not a specific director, but you know, almost every anime that they've done, I've enjoyed. I, I mean, every anime that I've seen that they had a part in, I've enjoyed. I can't say that I particularly enjoyed Eureka Seven, but I liked uh, I liked Host Club. That was really well animated. I love Soul Leader. Obviously, I think they were the perfect choice for that. Noragami is great. Mob Psycho 100 is fantastic. And they're doing My Hero Academia, so, you know, uh, if you like that. Space Dandy, another fantastic one. This, They're all over the place. Their animation is top tier. I can't think of one that's really above it, except for Trigger, but they don't really do a hundred percent like bones is so prolific and trigger is still you know kind of doing one thing at a time and it's not always great in fact it's pretty much been 50 50 i think <laughs> so you know bones are trigger and mostly i'm gonna be favoring towards bones because they've got the look they've got the style they never throw me off my groove uh bones did razafon and Wolf's yes. Reign, so the, and Aureka 7, even, so uh, th those are very high on, on my list. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't particularly enjoy Aureka 7, but I like the character design. They're very the, strange people. The mechs, too. The mechs were very unique. Absolutely. I, I, the mech design, you know, every, everything, it's nicely designed. <laughs> so, you know, Bones make stuff look good. And this has been a good podcast, mostly thanks to Jesse Silver from S1E1.com. Jesse, thank you so much for joining us. Tell everyone out there what you've got going on. Oh, man. Well, you already mentioned uh, S1E1.com. Uh, that's my personal anime review, discussion, essay, website, where I just kind of post my thoughts on anime. Uh, the 
S1, E1 part of it comes because I um, like to try, try um, to um, post first impressions of all the new anime coming out. Um, but I've expanded uh, way beyond that. Um, so definitely come check it out if you want to, if, if you're interested in my opinions, I guess. Um, I'm quite proud of it and I've been writing for a long time. Uh, beyond that, um, I do panels at several local Minneapolis conventions and hoping to branch out a little bit. So um, if you're in the Minneapolis area for Anime Detour, Anime Fusion, Convergence, um, any of those upcoming conventions, uh, definitely stop by and say hi. Um, I always love to chat with anime fans and expand anime fandom and um, all of that good stuff. So. Yeah, I really appreciate you guys inviting me on to the podcast. And we really appreciate having you on. It was a fantastic episode. Thank it you for joining really, us. really is. Uh, Jack, we did it. That's another anime podcast of some sort. We uh, seriously every- did. Before you get into the rest of your plugging, I just want to quickly shout out, I found the Reddit post I was thinking of. It's not titled as Cells at Work, which was the reason why I couldn't find it. It's actually under Hararaku, Hataraku Saibo. So if you look up r slash anime Hataraibo doctor's notes by the Redditor BRB8ball, you should find what you're looking for. Very informative, very interesting, absolutely worth a read for fans of Cells at Work. And just just check out Cells at Work in general, everybody. It's it's really good if you haven't already. Another boppin' theme song. We're just yeah. talking about openings every time on anime. <laughs> on an APOS now, it seems. But come on. Anime. We are uh, a lot of good work. ones. There's a lot of good ones. And once you're done checking those out, make sure you subscribe to the anime podcast of some sort in your podcatcher of choice. Give us the old five stars on iTunes if you liked what you heard. Even if you didn't, it'd really help us out. Then subscribe, and then unsubscribe, and resubscribe again. Help us boost those numbers. You don't really have to do that, but if you did, it'd be really awesome. Uh, tune in, Stitcher, iTunes pretty much anything that can pick up a podcast the anime podcast of some sort is there it works on your smart devices too so if you want to be one of the cool kids and show it off on on your speaker it'll work on your alexa it'll work on your the google device it'll work on your twitter machine it will work everywhere ask for it by name that's the anime podcast of some sort be sure to drink your ovaltine jesse silver thank you so much again for joining us Jack, thank you as always. This is the Anime Podcast. We will talk to you next time. Uh